calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi, it's Malls. Reminder before the show to make sure that you are subscribed in Apple Podcasts. And if you're new, welcome to Please Advise Nation. Our show only works with your participation, so call 323-450-7408 with your dilemmas and life questions. Again, that's 323-450-7408 or email askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your voice notes or emails. Thank you and enjoy. You guys, it's episode 193 of Please Advise. I'm Malls. We have Christina Lopez here. We have Wagon stuff here. Wags has a new pig toy. (laughs) Feelings? No, nothing from Wags yet. Um, But we also have a guest who was a former caller. He appeared in episode, was it maybe eight with Laura back in the day? Um, Danny Elizabeth Clemens, you guys, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited. Is to that be really here. your middle name? You know, no, but it's close enough. What is that? It's Patrick. Oh, okay. That's pretty. It's Irish. Yeah. Daniel Patrick. Well, Elizabeth is actually German, I think, right? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, and when it's Hasselbeck, anyway, you guys. So, welcome to the show. You Thank called you. about um, career advice, I and did. you were sloshed when you called, and then Laura and I called you back. This was back in the day when we were more actively doing callbacks. Yeah. You might have been our first callback, actually. I'm trying to remember. Was it about broadcasting specifically? It was. I mean, it was I think a I very, remember your call now. Yeah. yeah it was very general. Um, yeah. It was my last semester of college, and I was just wondering, like, because by that point, you were writing uh, Two Broke Girls. Yeah. Um, and I just was like, didn't even know where to begin. You know, right. Like, it's a tough industry to break into, and mm-hmm. I was living in D.C. I wasn't even here in L.A., um, and so I was just looking for like, what the hell do I even do? After you have the face of an angel. Thank you. I know. Yeah, like, I thank was you. like, that's what I was staring at when you. Came. I was like, oh, he's so angelic. I was like mystified. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. You have like, nice full LA cheeks. Thanks. Like your sun kiss. Yeah. Thank you. I've been laying in the sun a lot because it's finally. Really great. Thank you. Yeah, the apples of your cheeks are very full thank and you. luscious. Oh. I love it. Oh, um, this is my favorite 25. thing that I've done so. Oh, so good. Oh my God. Welcome to LA, baby. So Hollywood, honey. So. We were nice to you, which is you good were. news. And you now great. you live out in LA yeah. um, and you're successful. Well, you're verified on Twitter, honey. I am. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not even verified on Twitter yet. You know, Can we I'm, get Christina that blue check mark? Yeah, please. I'm getting there. You know, um, it was funny because one of the things that you talked about way, way back in the day on the show was Pretty Little Liars because it was 
2014, right? Yeah. Um, and so... And I was 30, so that makes sense. <laughs> no. Uh, so I thought of you about a month ago because I was on the red carpet for the premiere of The Pretty Little Liars, The Perfectionist. The Perfectionist, yeah. on Freeform. All about Allison and Mona, yeah. right? Um, it, they moved to Oregon. They're on the West Coast like me now. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> they did. I See, I have no... Together? Like... Were they even friends at the end of this? No, they didn't move together. They both just kind of showed up in the same place. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Oregon of all places. From Rosewood to Oregon. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Somewhere in Pennsylvania to Oregon. (laughs) Um, By the way, I just realized that like my, I didn't realize this, but my umbrella, like the front of my house umbrella, like the wind guard just fell. So that's what that is. It's been so windy this week. Yeah. I know. And this umbrella, I can't get rid of it. I don't know if y'all have umbrella problems. I'm not allowed to get rid of this umbrella. I've been told because the machinery is worth $12,000, which is ancient technology to me, but it actually does really help the house. But that like umbrella thing is a whole expense. Like the actual like um, cloth part is a whole expense to replace. And so I have to do it, but you also have to pick from the colors. And the colors are very, like, maritime. Like, it's like I could go back with this green or I'm stuck with, like, a cranberry. And it really does affect the whole, like, view of the house. So I've been thinking for, like, two years now, how do I – my construction workers were the guys that actually broke the umbrella it so was really did they pay fucked. For it? Did they fix it? No, they pretended it was my fault. That's like always their thing. Is they're like, "Oh, that's your fault," and I'm like, "Oh, really?" Um, I watched them break it. Um, but <laughs> so I have to replace that. Um, but I'm really like conflict. I've been conflicted about it for two years because I'm like, "Is this house cranberry in spirit? Do I replace the green, which I never really loved, just because it's like I know it works with the greenery around the house? Do I get more beige? I don't know. You know." I, so I'm really like conflicted about this and I just want to apologize for this lopsided umbrella moment in front of the house. You have a gorgeous view of the hills out here. I do. Beautiful. And the backyard's really, really nice. I love where it's like a tree house. It's yeah. really fun up here. Um, but I have to fix some things. The The porch has needed help. I need help, actually. Welcome to the club. It's a lot. It's a lot of work for like one lady to do this whole fucking thing by herself. You know, like I got a my ficus died. That's a mess. Like that's a racket. Um, anyway, so the perfectionists, they're in Oregon and they, are they friends? I wouldn't say that they were like happy to see each other, but they're more friends kind of by circumstance. Mm-hmm. Like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Sort right. Of situation. I mean, would you be happy to see someone from your high school after all these years? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I walked yeah. into my first job in LA and, and my comedy rivals, quote unquote, were in my office. I had no idea that the people that two people from Boston College were sitting in my first job. By the way, one of them is Joe Sabia, the guy who does the 73 questions for Vogue. Oh, I love those. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. Joe Sabia, very successful man. Wow. Um, was in my freshman year philosophy class. Um, great guy. So anyway, perfectionist, you're doing well. Where are you now? Where have you landed? I'm here in Glendale, actually, not far from you. Oh. You live in Glendale? I do. I live eight minutes away, right down the one third. I don't. Oh my god, you have a good like high five. Thanks. Do you go to Damon's? To what? To Damon's Steakhouse. No, I'm really boring. Oh, you I have. Really to, well, it's not like chic. It's like literally, you get dinner at five p.m. there. It's oh. like really just like a steakhouse that's tiki themed, and it's in uh, next to Portos, basically. 
Oh, yeah. That's like two blocks from me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so you live. I'm not going to like have sure, you sure, give sure. your coordinates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk off air. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Do you live in like one of the bigger like buildings? Like, I one do. Of those? I, one of the ones that everybody on next door complains about is ruining the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. How good is next door? I uh, love it. This, this woman. Did I? go into this on the podcast last week i, I was know. rip shit about the woman that said that some guy was peeing on the front of her house i think you might have yeah, yeah and like i went off on her but then she deleted the post because basically like some this high school kid took a piss in this woman's yard oh. and she like posted pictures of his face his friend's face is like the license plate of the car and like and i was like half the neighborhood was like Thank you so much for reporting this. And like another guy and I were like, why are you acting like he fucking did this to like as a re act of revenge or like sexual like deviancy? Like, right. Also, this could be a minor. Uh -huh. Also, yeah. like you can become a fucking sex offender. Absolutely. For taking a leak. But the next door in Glendale is pretty lit. Oh, it is. It yeah, it really is. Um, it's mostly people fighting about like. Accusing other people of being racist toward Armenians. I read That's, a lot of that. There's a lot of racism happening on next door. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. A lot of like suspicious care. That's what up in our, in my neighborhood. That's what the big fight is. Yeah. Is like who's a suspicious person and who's not a suspicious uh -huh. person. This neighborhood is very different though than like where I'm sure you are. Because yeah. I used to live um, in Broadway in Maryland. Like right oh, yeah. there in one of those big buildings. Sure. And um that would have been a totally different conversation there. Up yeah. here, this is more like elderly people. It's called like the Canyon. Oh, yeah. So there's this guy, Mr. Molehill, who like ran for um, who ran for some sort of like Glendale community thing. And he posts these really long winded political like things about like the Americana, like trying to like out some city Congress person who some city council person who supports something at the Americana. And he does these really like wild right wing political style posts. And I don't know who exactly he is, but I noticed yesterday there was a whole thing around. We have to stop Mr. Molehill. And he apparently Wait, is backlash a to Mr. Molehill on next door. Yeah. Someone was like, um, it was like politics dot dot dot. And I saw that like pop up on my next door notification. I was like, gotta click this. Because when I first joined next door, they were like, they're having a pro-life rally down at some, you know, such and such. And because like this is a very Christian neighborhood as well. And um, I was like, yo, we can't use next door to like be like, don't show up to this pro-life event. Like, that's not OK. Like I would, you know, that was very early on. And like whoever it was, the lady, she like got it. She was like, OK, cool. Like, I'm not doing this here anymore. But Mr. Molehill, he apparently doesn't stop. So this woman posts yesterday, Mr. or politics dot dot dot. I was under the like a, I was under the assumption that political like that political subjects were off like um, off limits on next door. But Mr. Molehill, for some reason, has been allowed to like ramble on and on about it for years now. Um, and there was this whole like debate where people were going back and forth. And then, of course, like one guy named Dennis was like, I actually appreciate Mr. Molehill. <laughs> like, oh, Dennis. It, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently Mr. Molehill is a one hit wonder. And I don't know what it was, but it's it's really interesting to think that we have one of our own little versions of that. Like, you know, all those Hollywood Republicans that are like you had one song and now like you're using all of like your like attention and goodwill to talk about like gun control or whatever. Like Dean Kane. Yeah. Dean Kane popping off. I know. So Mr. Molehill, he's our local version. Crush, I, me too. Oh. Love Dean. <laughs> well, he wasn't my first, but he was like Superman. Yeah. 
I think I had like that was like my first adult crush I at was seven. To both of them, I think. <laughs> Terry Hatcher looked great on the show. Oh yeah, Terry Hatcher was a yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say I was attracted. Right, right, right. Wait, actually, can we talk about this thing you sent me this morning? What did I send you? I was like the ET thing. Oh, last night. Oh, yeah. The ET thing you sent me last night. So this is a, a lesbian meme. I could not. So this was like a true moment. So Christina sent me a lesbian meme last night, and she was like, "I'm fucking dying, y'all." And I was like, "If someone sent, if someone said this to me, I would scream." Like I. It was very. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm for sure straight." Like that was here. It's right here. This is you. <laughs> okay, so it's a picture of E.T. with his little glow finger. Yeah, and it says, a lesbian you meet 30 seconds ago who's like, did you know orgasms can cure period cramps and depression? I would, <laughs> I would literally, and I wrote to her, if someone said that to me, I would call the police. That's which is true. I would. I probably would. I'd be like, "Why are you talking like, to you me about my point. period?" If it was a man saying it, yeah, to me, I don't know, but a lesbian saying it to me, I'd be like, "Okay, I see what you're trying to do there." And that actually truly is like, if that's there are guys that say stuff like that that are like, "Yeah, you know, my ex girlfriend, she had issues with her menstruation, so like." There are guys that will straight up. I had a guy say ovulating to I mean, me once, true. and I'm still never recovering from it. I'm like, how do you even know what ovulating is? Like, go back to whatever it is you do. Was it like in a sexy way, or like a, he just he asked it me if I had he asked me if I was if I had been ovulating, and I was Why? like, I don't know. And Ooh. he was just like, I Red think flag. I think he was like, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Like it wasn't even like a it wasn't even like a pregnancy question. I think it was just like I don't know. Like I don't know. I would think maybe he was like, "Oh, you're like horned up." And I was like, it was very uncomfortable for me. He could sense your pheromones. I'm still uncomfortable like thinking <laughs> about that. I'm like, "Ew, what a piece of shit." Like that's so gr- and it's not actually that bad right. for him to scientifically know. I just felt like, "Why are you asking this, man?" Yeah. Anyway, how do you feel about that lesbian meme? <laughs> I mean, I'm sh- I feel great about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I love I love anything with ET. Yeah. Um but I mean I just love a good lesbian yeah. meme. There's not that, there's not that many lesbian meme accounts out there. And like I will what tell you What if I was that- like, see, now I wish that there was more like straight memes out there for me. Like I feel like no one's speaking to that for me. Like I think everybody's I'm entitled proud to, of your lesbian memes. Yeah, everybody needs memes that speak to them. Yeah. My mom and I speak probably 80% in memes on Instagram these days. Like, we DM each other all day. I'm very into, like, astrology memes right now. Ooh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I love, like, those. I'll watch a little, like, um, you know, Actually, what Ariana Grande lyric are you based on your astrology sign? And I'll watch that. And sometimes I'll be like offended. Like, I'll be like, that's not me. Like, and I'm, I'm like, this is some idiot. Like, who knows nothing? Well, Spotify's putting out like, uh, <laughs> like Capricorn playlists. Yeah. Oh my God. I wonder. Like Capricorn meme I meant to send you the other day. What's, are you a Capricorn? Or yeah. You, okay. What are you, Christina? I'm a Leo. Oh shit. Yeah. Molly does Leo's. Really? <laughs> no, I actually, you know, here's the thing. I just can't date you, which I don't think Fair is going to be a problem. That's okay. We'll make I it mean, work on yeah. the pod. <laughs> no, no, no. I actually, I just can't date you. Like, here's sure. the thing. I think I can be friends with Leo's. The, um, I had, I got burnt by, I was like, I got burnt by a Leo that was a friend recently, but then I realized like, oh, she's just mental. <laughs> yeah. You know there's I mean? a lot of us that are mental, I would say. 
Yeah, but like, I'm not going to blame, I'm not going to, you know, Greg Lisi, even though we had to bring, come here with an apology last time. Yes. He's a Leo. We love Greg. Yeah. You know, he was able to put his pride aside. I do think I had to walk him into the apology a little bit. It was a good episode, though. Um, but yeah, and you <laughs> felt that that was owed, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah especially I mean, to my sister. It you was know? a thousand bucks, right? <laughs> that's kind of a lot of money. But that's me. Like, I went ham, but I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I would have won though. I love how he said that you would have won though. I was like, or lost all my money. Right. Like I did think to myself, why didn't he offer to get one of his loser friends in New Jersey to sign in for me? Ooh, is that mm. legal? Who there, cares? There's so many weird, but like you can get caught and like it's like Operation Varsity Blues shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Molly's going to jail. I'm talking about the pod. Like Molly's. Molly's jail well, when I talk about being in jail all the time, like I certainly didn't think it would be from illegally betting in the Super Bowl. So thanks, Greg. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, we're gonna go, like call collect for you to do the podcast. <laughs> oh my god! But I have to every 15 minutes I have to call back in. Yeah, <laughs> like, this is a call from Women's State Penitentiary. <laughs> yeah, I'm like halfway through someone's Molly. call. <laughs> Molly, <laughs> Molly, <laughs> Hi, it's Moss. Um, it's actually quite expensive. I think so it expensive. Like $3, $3 a minute or something like oh that. Oh my we God. We for sure really? talked about this, but like the biggest, the people who make the most money off jails are like the internet companies and phone providers in prison. Yeah. Well, and aren't all the things that you buy in the commissary like super marked up too? Like the yeah. tampons and like the shaving Some cream? Some things do surprise me. I've seen like commissary lists. I'm like, they do keep those honey buns affordable. Like yeah, they maybe keep. Maybe the food is like. The cheap food is like a dollar or even like, like a little cents, pocket radio is like only 35 bucks. Like yeah. I know that that's oh. a lot of money, especially like if you're in prison to get that put on your books. Yeah. Like yeah, usually if you're, if you don't have family sending you money. Exactly. Usually if you're in prison, there's a variety of circumstances that got you there that might not include family, you yeah. know, yeah, and, and so, you only make like maybe $2 an hour. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that that, that seems high for a prison wage. Yeah, honestly. it's yeah. like twenty two cents yeah. or something. Like fucked up. But um, I mean, at the same time, if I if I had anything to do in prison, money or not, I'd be stamping license plates for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, can we like go stamp some plates? Like, what are we doing today? Like, fucking. I'd pre- I'd probably pretend to have a podcast. I'd probably try and figure out how to have a podcast. Maybe record long voice notes on my tablet I rent. You know, do a live podcast like for all your inmate friends. We gotta figure, yeah. Oh, a little like, yeah, that's great. Actually, that would be good for your jail. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I could have a harp on your privilege now, where like that could be an option. (laughs) Should I? I mean, we could keep my commissary pretty tight. I mean, it'd be we could rent out my house for Airbnb. Should I go to jail? Just link it to the um, store bank account. <laughs> Money's flowing in. You guys know I'm kidding, right? Yeah. That's yeah. like my biggest nightmare to go to jail. Me too. We had that girl who called in. True life. Call in. If you have been to prison or jail, call in again. Because we had that one girl call or write in who went to jail. Yeah. I would reread that letter right now if we had it. She had her period the week she got to jail. And she Oof. had to wear the same pad the entire week. Oh, my God. Mm. That's horrible. Yeah, that's some shit. Truly. That's like a basic human right. Yeah. Being violated. Yeah. And Ugh. when they, and when on 60 days in, when there was flooding, I guess they free bleed or some, some shit because like on 60 days in, when it was flooding, they do give you like, like 
I think like three pads or something for the month and all the women's were using their all the women's all the women were using their pad stashes to like clog the drains because the sewage was coming up through the floors like their floors were covered with shit I mean like jail not the place to be Good God. And they make like flip flops out of them too, right? On Orange is the New yeah. Black. That's kind of my baseline for how prison <laughs> operates. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, I don't know. If you read Piper's original book. Is it good? It's, yeah. It's different though. Like I liked her much less in the book than I did on the show. Okay. Um, but it's a lot of information. I mean, it's interesting to think like, you know, that in real life, like she knew she was going to jail, so she set up a blog. Mm-hmm. And she would, like, basically Larry would upload her blog entries, like, to... Would she, like, call him over the phone and recite them? How did that work? He would, like, get them in the mail, or she'd give them to him during visiting. She's married to Larry in real life. Oh, still? Yeah. Okay. And so... Yeah. um Huh. Yeah. It took a real departure, like, season two. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is interesting because I do think there might have been. Mm, no, I don't think she did hook up with girls in the book, but she um, well, just like the initial one that got her in jail. Um, but well, she got herself in prison, actually. So there's that. But um, yeah, she set up. a. I think she had a blog called Orange is the New Black, which is pretty fucking unlikable. Like, I'm just going to say to be like, I'm going to set up my blog before I go into jail and I'll be live blogging my jail experience. Like, I'm going to make the most of this. Like, yeah, kind yeah. of unlikable. Like, I'm, I don't I can't say I wouldn't do it myself. I just don't think I'd do it proudly. And like, when was this? Was this when like blogging was like really big? Or I think it was probably like 2009 or something like okay. that. Around the same time as Julie and Julia blog happening? Probably. Oh. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I also live blogged my high school internship in 2009. So that's practically the same thing. Did right? you? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. basically. You were in high school in 2009. I was, I was like a year out of college. <laughs> Graduated in 2010. Yeah. yeah. I'm proud of you. Look at you. Thank You've really you. made some strides. Where are you from originally again? Baltimore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Baltimore. Where yeah. in Baltimore? Um, Howard County, right outside. Okay. Hairspray. Yeah. Where That's is like that in my... relation to Towson? Um, so Baltimore Towson North. is like directly north of the city of Baltimore and Howard County is like directly south. Okay. Or southwest a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Me too. I, I spent it. a lot of time in Towson, that area of um, which I loved for um, uh, what's it called? Serial. Oh, yeah. Because I totally know where – oh, my God. Why am I forgetting the name of it? My favorite Wegmans is there. It begins with an H. Hunt Valley. Hunt Valley, Hunt Valley Wegmans. Biggest Wegmans in the world. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. Guys, shout out to Hunt Valley. <laughs> We're really doing some throwbacks today, but shout out to Hunt Valley Wegmans, my favorite grocery store I've ever been to. But I think the killer of Heyman Lee was Don, who worked at the Lens Crafters. I think mm. Don has always been the fucking killer I, th- I haven't been watching the show that's out now, uh-huh. but my my eyes have always been on Don because I just his mom was his manager. I find it highly unbelievable that like there's no video footage of him working at the store. Right. Everyone can vouch for him being there. Like it was absolutely possible to like skip out on 40 minutes of a shift in high school. Like if everyone was covering for you, like if you worked with your friends at a mall, like I never did that, but I had plenty of friends. Like when I worked at a farm, I worked with like some bad kids or some like pot smoking bad kids that worked at my farm with me. They take off for 30, 40 minutes and my dumb ass would be there like, 
you know, ringing up grapes, like, you know, just being happy to do my job. Um, I think he killed her. Who do you think? Who do you think killed Heyman Lee? Uh, yeah, I, it's, uh, I don't know. I do know that, like, obviously the court situation was not clean. True. Right. But, right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like they were desperate to... I mean, I'm a little tired of this case also. It's <laughs> been well, going on for we, so long. That was the thing that we had talked about within the, like, podcasting community. Because it was just like, really, what else could they, like, add to what Serial right. did beyond, like, what has happened since the show went on? Right. Yeah. Well, With I, the show? Yeah. Yeah. Can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I'm the only person, I think, in the state of Maryland that was not into cereal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like scary things. Like, okay. PLL is about as, like, intense and scary as I can take, which is really? saying something. You know, yeah. it's funny because my mom and I were talking yesterday and I was like, Shauna, you got to watch the act because I'm obsessed with the act. Have you seen it on Hulu? No. It's the um, fictional story or, like, the – Oh, right. Ra- sorry. Um, like, the – not fictional. Come on, Molly. What's it called? Dramatized. Yeah, dramatized version of the Gypsy Rose Blanchard and Dee Dee Blanchard sto- Blanchard story. Yeah. The girl that killed her mom mm-hmm. for, um, and it's Patricia Arquette and Joey King, and it's it's so and Chloe Sevigny. It's so well acted. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The production design is like the house they have is so eerie and perfect. I can't even tell you like how. Is it a series or a movie? It's a series. Okay. And um, it's an hour long each week, like, tr- but a true hour long. So it's like 60 minutes of a of Hulu. And like, that's really, it feels long. It feels like a movie yeah. every week. And um, I think it's only like a, it's probably only like a six or eight episode series or something, but it's so well done. My cleaning lady and I watched it the other day, Martha. Martha was loving it. I, I'm blown away. I forgot how I got on that. Oh, so I was telling Shauna, Shauna, you got to watch the act. And my mom had never heard of it and of, of the case. And she yeah. was like, I'm scared of that stuff. And I was like, wait, <laughs> what? And I was like, didn't, but don't you watch like Law and Order SVU? She's like, no, I don't. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, you've always watched stuff like that. She's like, no, I, I liked the original Law and Order. And I don't know what happened, but she said to me, like, a, she said it like a few years ago, just all that stuff started triggering her anxiety. So she doesn't like really watch Dateline. She doesn't really watch any of that stuff. And I, and I find it so interesting because to me, I'm like the only way to like live with that darkness is to put it in light, you know, like I have to, you know, but at the same time, it's, I could totally, first of all, I had no idea that my mom's whole like, like um, relationship to that stuff has changed because we're from a family that discussed murder and gore at the dinner table every single night. Like my grandfather just had no filter for like, you know, we just talk about like cannibalism and like whatever else. Like he was a very interesting man who knew a lot of stuff. And so there was no, like we all had steel stomachs at our kitchen table. And, um, my, my mom just, I guess I, that's right. She kind of always had less of a tolerance for it. And now it's so interesting because all I want to consume is like horror, basically. Like it's very, it's very soothing to me for some reason to know how fucked up people are. Right. <laughs> it just like gets stuck in my head, or like sound effects of like people getting stabbed, or like yeah. like little things stick with me, and I just can't shake them. And I just kind of had to say like, you know what, Danny, can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. 
just for like self like preservation you know what i mean you're right it's the sound of i can imagine it's the sound effects like it's a very like um yeah that's probably like makes a little imprint on your brain yeah i went to a screening of nightfall at the Mm -hmm. television academy not knowing anything about the show and there was a scene it's the season two premiere it was a very it's a great show i haven't seen it um it's with like mark hamill okay um and it's like it's set in medieval times and the king has to basically rip this guy's tongue out as like retribution for something that he did. Um, and the sound that they used of his like tongue coming, like I closed my eyes. I Ooh. couldn't even look at, I knew it was coming. Um, but I just, I can still hear that in my head and I will never ever, I think get past that. Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 I feel, I feel you. Wow. That's crazy. I can't watch intervention for reasons like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's is like, too, I'll watch someone eat their couch, but like, I can't, <laughs> When I'm like watching someone like nod out on drugs and there's a camera yeah. crew there, I feel really une- uneasy with that. It's right? like exploitative almost in a Through way. Life. Yeah. Fuck. Mm. Um, Sorry to bring it down like that. No, I love it. We love, come on, we gotta, this is classic please advise. Yes. Ease in with some prison talk and then a little bit of murder <laughs> and then maybe go right into our calls. Christina, what are you? Oh, I, I can tell you. Ready. You got the calls ready? Yep. Okay, let's let's fucking fire it up and help some people. Let's save some lives. Hey guys. So the other day I was at um like a big store, I don't want to say which one, and I got myself a new book to read just for fun. And whenever I bought it, the receipt said that it expired uh in a month. So this evil little idea popped into my head. Would it be wrong to return the book after I read it? Like, I know I'm not going to read it again and I didn't really like it that much. Or would that be, like, really unethical? Let me know what you think. Please advise. Thank you. I love you because you're not a piece of shit. And like, <laughs> I think the, I'm not to be like, I'm the, I'm also not a piece of shit. I literally doing something like this never occurred to me. And, and me neither. And when I was doing, I forgot, I like blacked out a lot of people I knew that did stif- stuff like this. Like my high school boyfriend used to go buy like all these CDs at Best Buy, burn them, all of them, and then return all the CDs. <laughs> How? Don't they come like shrink wrapped? Didn't they? Yeah, but you could like open a CD and just be like, I don't, I wasn't happy with it. Like a lot of places have, you know, a lot of people will wear shoes down to the bone. When I started doing the Amazon return stuff, now a lot of people don't do this, but I started learning this through Franchise Kicks, my boy who I (laughs) got me hooked on this. And he would get stuff and be like, oh man, like people, you got to understand people really abuse the Amazon return policy and they really abuse the fact that Amazon's not going to like really look into everything. So people wear shoes for like a year and a half or something that have like a two year warranty on them and then return them like the last week of their two year warranty. That's disgusting. People do shit like this all the time. It is something that people are shameless about. It's something that many people are proud of, which really disgusts me. Yeah. Um, Because there's people who are like, sorry, like, you're fucking too dumb to, like, fucking steal. Then, like, sorry. Like, I've had people say shit like that to me. Where it's like, what? I save money. If you're too fucking dumb to save money. And it's like, you are ripping people off. This is the essence of being a bad person. To, like not need to take something and taking it anyway. That is like the fundamental root of greed. Just for kicks. Just like a quick side note. I was having a conversation with someone about me being an atheist. 
And she was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. But like, what if you like had an idea to do a bad thing? Like, what do you do? How do you stop yourself from doing that bad thing? And it's like, what stops you from doing the bad thing? You'll be like, like oh God, fuck, shit. <laughs> fuck, oh God, you forever, God, damn. I gotta get into uh, heaven, right, 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 right. Oh shit, fuck, okay, God, shit, the devil, okay. Uh. That was the devil, okay, cool, God, got it. Shit, yeah, people are dumb. And like, they're well, no, they're not dumb, they're evil. Like they're evil. <laughs> People just exploit things. Like you are so you are so cute because you're so fucking you're a good person. Like and I know this is like weird cuz I'm calling myself a good person, but I have come to realize <laughs> I don't fucking think this way and a lot of people do and who gave them permission and like what like this is I mean, look. Yes, if like is is it like going to kill target let's say i assume it's something like target is it gonna kill target if you return this in a month no but like is it shitty of you yeah yeah and anyone who's like sorry like i you know i don't need to it they shouldn't have put that on the receipt if they didn't want me to return it they shouldn't have put it on the receipt like i don't know who those returns are for i really don't at a certain point because i'm like who's gonna get the return in a month yeah like if it's a book, maybe that's something that should never return policy. But like, um, I don't know. My my brain is like donate it because then like, you know, someone else gets joy out of that book and you technically like did something altruistic with the money that you purchased. But it's the greater it's the greater dilemma, I think, of like are if society gives you an opportunity, a legal opportunity to steal something, quote unquote. Or to like get your money back when you're unsatisfied with it. I mean, what is that for? Like in case you hate the book, you're going to return it? Yeah, I don't know. I've done that once. I read a book. Yeah. It was actually Chelsea Handler's one of her memoirs. <laughs> okay, I, I, I actually read... find them readable. I'll no, be honest with you. I read the first one and I loved it. I think it was uh, Are You There, God? It's Me. Or Are You are There, you vodka? there vodka, vodka? It's yeah, yeah. Me, Chelsea. I, I loved that one. And then I bought the second one and there was just something about it. Like it wasn't the same. I didn't read the whole thing. I read the first chapter and I kind of knew like, oh. Not going to be my kind of thing. So yeah. I, I took it back. Um, but I just always think back to like the people that work in those stores that make yeah. so little money hourly. Like there's a reason that they're not. There are many reasons that they're not making a lot of money. But one of them is because of people that return uh, shit that has to get damaged out, can't get sold, drives down profit. Like that does in the end hurt people. Yeah. I mean, it does. You're right. I mean, I go back and forth about it because I'm like Walmart not paying their employees like a proper hourly wage is like not directly like is not a direct like response to like people doing shit like taking advantage of the return policy but it's like part of it but it is it's it's weird because it's not like if this was a community bookstore i'd be like you're a piece of shit homie but at the same time a community bookstore would never be stupid enough to offer that because Mm -hmm. People are shitty and do take advantage of things like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I would be interested to hear from someone bold enough to say that this is okay to do. I don't even think our shoplifter would do this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't think our shoplifter cares enough about money. This is just a greed-ass thing because, like, also, library. Go to the library. If you want to return something after a month, like... Yeah. Can someone who's returned a book after reading it tell us why they thought it was okay to do? Yeah. Or anything like that. Who's returned it after like well within use. Because 
like there are certain things that have come in through Amazon or that I've seen through not necessarily through me like I actually ordered some shoes and it was a really good order they were all great but um you know I would like to hear from someone who you know franchise kicks will get someone who literally will return a foreman grill with like pieces of chicken still in oh, it oh god you know and like what's up with that where'd you come from that you think that's okay I will say too that with books like <laughs> I have this thing where Having, you like put it back in the box and repackage it. Like how many pieces did you grill on that? And then you send it back. Like did you just need six breasts? And this is like it's you did one meal prep and you took this out on America? Like, grease tray. I don't want to have to clean in a grease tray. That's an extra step. Put it all back. It back Every in. week they order a new grill from Amazon Prime and send it back. It's actually a great way to not do dishes. You're just a psychopath. Um what were you going to say? Sorry, Danny. Uh, no, I just feel like with books, I have this thing where like to me, owning a lot of books makes me feel smarter. Like it's almost like a trophy. Sure. Like, like, a dick like look, I read this. Like I, I have so many books that I either never read, never finished, just laying around my house. But that I you feel have like, a dream to read. Well, no, but like people come over and I think that they Let see all the books. Let me put the, books. In the bell jar yeah. so they, they know that I'm oh. like a literary And they think person. like, oh, this is a person of substance that yeah. I'm around now yeah. because there are so many books all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can also tell usually by how many spines are cracked. Yeah, also you know that. what I mean. That's yeah. a pretty good indicator. <laughs> yeah. um, but mine have at least been opened. I should say. They I do have. like the idea, though. Of I mean, I always I love that quote. I've said it so many times on the show. It's like when you buy a book, you're not buying the book; you're buying the idea of the time totally. that you'll have reading the book. Mm-hmm. And like that is 100 percent my intention whenever I buy a book. It's yeah. like. Me and this book, we're going to cozy up together somewhere. And like half the time, I'm just blowing through something on Audible. (laughs) Can I say, though, um, speaking of stuff, I just read, listened to rather, um, Ladies Who Punch, um, the book about the history of The View. It's awesome. It's awesome. Because I love, I like such a big view head. I I, like actually watch it pretty much every day. And I have for as long as I have been able to. Um, And it's like the best show on TV. It just is. Like I've been there for every cast. I'm gonna, I was there when the split screen happened. You know what I mean? Like that's like iconic. Little Elizabeth is not little Elizabeth no, anymore. No, poor Elizabeth is not poor Elizabeth. Yeah, <laughs> poor little Elizabeth is not poor little Elizabeth. I mean, I remember the first episode ever. Of the yeah. View? Yeah. It was Wasn't like that like 30 years ago? In 1997. Wow. Yeah. And like Meredith Vieira and like Debbie Matinopoulos. Matinopoulos. Yeah. Uh, Barbara Walters and Joy Behar and Star Jones. Wow. And it was a small oak, smaller oak, oak table. Yeah. 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 And it was like, it was like lukewarm at first. Like yeah. it was really weird, you know, because like it was like a first, it was the first of its kind for sure. I they mean, definitely like tried to be more objective in the past. And then like, I think when Rosie and Elizabeth came on, it became very like. And it's, it's the Whoopi, I forgot how long Whoopi had been a part of it. Cause yeah. like to me, I forgot, I had forgotten. And Rosie was on it like three times. Whoopi has mm-hmm. been on it three times. Joy's left twice. Yeah. Like um, it's also crazy how like, the I mean the election the 2016 election like changed the like entire tone of the show um and it was interesting how they didn't really get into like Kelly Osborne and in the Raven Simone of it all because like mm. I would have loved to know some of more of like what was going on there yeah. um but the last like really like the big host that they focused on was like Jenny McCarthy and like the how difficult of a time she had coming on and also how because she wasn't she what she she didn't really want to be political or 
like she didn't want to be political and barbara had also been very um hot and cold with her over the years like the first time that she came on barbara walters asked her to come into her dressing room and she was like how can you say like you like you cured autism like how can you say this and she was very which t barbara i agree like absolutely Uh very dangerous um and then then she became like really enamored with Jenny and was like, oh, I watched like a bunch of your stuff last night. And she was like quoting like jokes from something that she had done. And Jenny was like, Barbara Walters really likes me now. Um, and they really wanted her to come on to focus on like pop culture. And then then they got mad that she wasn't more political. Yeah. And so it was like a whole. Yeah, because Barbara wasn't getting like Jenny's pop culture references. Heard about that, that was um, oh. this was a moment so barbara's like i had started to have like some fading some there was some mental fading going on with barbara and jenny mccarthy like referred to herself in first person once and barbara genuinely said who's jenny mccarthy and they like had to kind of cut to commercial but like that's right like mm-hmm. that's really interesting and barbara was not done favors in this book honestly oh. It was very interesting. Because I've never like I've did had you some. Did you read it or you got an audiobook? I did the whole audiobook when I was like when I came home is from my. Is the narrator my... good? What is the narrator good? It's him. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, okay. and he has like a good. Sometimes you get weird narrators and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. He's good. I mean, I can pretty much listen to anything. I will say the War of Art was so challenging at first because it's like sounds like a drunk British guy. He's like very like. Bah. Um, but it gets, I can kind of get into almost anything, so it's hard, but I listened to it. I, when I got my tooth thing done, I sat and I listened to it for like three days, like straight two and a half, maybe, but I listened to every minute of it, baby. Wow. Um, Is okay. Your tooth okay now? No. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I'm, that's like, I, uh, I had to go back in last Saturday and then, um, to like, sh- like they didn't shave it down enough, so oh, I couldn't bite. Yeah, but I still can't really bite. So I put they put the temporary on, but like if I touch it with my tongue, it hurts. So like I didn't go to the dentist for about nine years. Yeah. Um, the first time that, that I- was my that was my story too. Actually, I didn't it's go- a lot of people's stories. Yeah. Um, and so I went for the first time in December because I was having a toothache. And it turns out. Sorry, that's because dental health coverage in this in the U.S. is really horrible. Like it just covers the basics. Yes. Oh and yeah, so, yeah. So like when you have to have anything else, it's yeah. like ridiculous. Well, and I'll say that I had dental insurance the entire time and just was a lazy little piece of shit. My mom told me to go to the dentist, and I just I don't know. Yeah. Um. So it turns out that my like prolonged um spell of not going to the dentist resulted in two root canals and ah. six cavities. Ah. Yeah. Mm. And I'm only about halfway done. Half my mouth is fixed and the other half is still rotting away. But it's crazy. I didn't go crazy. for – I had didn't have it for nine years. And then I got insurance and I didn't go for 13 because I was, like, so afraid of, yeah, like, what would happen. Right. And thankfully, I only had – um, yeah, because it's like I only had like, I only had three ca- or two cavities. Like it wasn't bad. bad. And I I think that I had psyched myself out about it so much that. I was sure my teeth were all rotting out of my mouth. Yeah. It's definitely like you go in and you're in the chair and they're like, oh, actually, we found this thing and it's going to cost $600 to fix. And like, we need the money right there. And it's like, can we fix it? And you have all those tubes in your mouth. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess so. Well, even with insurance, that doesn't cover very much of it anyway. Like, I still am paying $4,000 out of pocket for all this stuff that I need done. Yeah. 
honestly I mean, insane. In a weird way, though, it's for for me like it is about the money, but it's also not about the money. Like I just do, I don't think I can handle knowing that something's wrong with me. Like I, yeah. it's a hundred percent the money for me. I don't know if I ha- I ha- can I have the emotional capacity to deal with like the grief that come and the grief that would come along with like knowing that I am like ill and like of course the money comes with that but yeah. I'd be like I don't, I just would put myself through hell over it and so I put myself through hell in it over it in advance which yeah. is like not smart yeah you're, uh, Molly you're uh, uh you know you're uh you can't avoid the pain but you can uh, avoid the suffering yeah, but yeah. I kind of like don't really want to know if I have cancer, yeah. and I don't really like if I dro- like I would rather just drop dead than yeah. like have known. I got it. You know, like, and I don't know what that logic is, but it's like, it's like they they put out that test. I, I God, I talk about the same things every week, but they put out that test to like you can find out if you're going to get dementia 16 years before you can get it. Yeah, and oh. it's, I'm like, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want to know you're rallying up to some dementia? I don't know. What kind of test is it? Like a I don't know. It's like a brain scan test? sort of thing. Yeah. Like I mean, oh. I didn't really like I didn't really like go past the brief article, gotcha. but like I assume it's some sort of brain scan testing. Mm. Um, which by the way, did you see that Ariana Grande posted a brain scan of her PTSD oh, yeah, trauma? I I'm dying to get mine done, honey. Like I know, like I my brain would probably be not wildly dissimilar in a lot of ways and it's fascinating because like, it if you like apparently in a normal brain there's like a diamond shape that takes place in like the brain like in the brain patterns or whatever like there's more blockage in certain areas and it's more highlighted and I guess like if you have PTSD it's more in the diamond shape and um I for sure have PTSD, at least just from Helen, like not not including everything else, but because oh, I have flashbacks out a lot. Yeah. So I know I have I, I would like love to see that. But I wonder if it's like so expensive to get that done. That's wild. Yeah, because it also is part of like um, traumatic brain injury. Like you, it's the same test that they use for that. Wow. Interesting, right? Yeah. yeah. Can you believe it's been two years since that? The I mean, I assumed the PTSD was oh the Manchester to the, yeah, thing, right? yeah. And I'm also like probably like being a Nickelodeon kid and like oh, yeah. you know what Good I mean, point. and like your boyfriend dying and you're like you know oh uh, yeah. I guess I didn't really think that deep it's into it. It's all like a yeah. lot of you know. I mean, <gasps> oh God, wags, Jesus. <laughs> Oh my god. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, you didn't bite me, but that was so scary. Oh, See, no. there we go. That's a little trauma right <laughs> triggered. there. Triggered. Yeah, no, triggered. But like I um I did. I was in the waiting the waiting room of my um vet the other day and these two pit bulls started to really get at it together and I felt my heart beat like I was like, someone has to get them out of here. Ooh. Like so one of these dogs, finally one of the guys got his dog out of there. But I was like watching these two like huge dogs stand off and I was like, someone's going to go down in here. Like, and that's the hardest part is like when you know it's about to happen and you're like watching it play out in slow motion. That's terrifying. And like terrifying. Thinking of it like it was right here, the whole Helen Wags thing. And it was underneath me. And I think about it every day. Like if I if she had grabbed my neck and killed me, like we would have both died. 
And like my neighbors didn't come by till like after. Like they heard it all. Like that's what's great about these neighbors, the new ones, is that I know they would call nine one one if they heard me screaming. Oh good. The way that I that, was yeah. that day. These neighbors like were like, It was too late. Told me like <laughs> there was the worst neighbors and I look back. They were like so like I'm I've never met someone more hands off and uninvolved with their own like with the lives of the people around them. Oh no. <laughs> I mean I uh, I don't really interact with any of my neighbors. If you hear someone screaming at the top of their lungs and like you would call 911. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would call 911. If um, a pipe in front of your house burst, you would come over and mention that before saying you're moving out next month. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you yeah. would. So, like, I don't mean like they weren't helpful to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like, they, I, I'm like, I would, like, do you want me to help you? Yeah. Like if you're getting stabbed, I'm like, would you? Because I'll happily call nine one one, but it seems like you really don't want us to be like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> like very weird shit. So okay, do we? Are we good? Is I, this chick good? I think we're good. <laughs> All right, let's keep move the on. book. You good? Okay. Yeah. Call keep us. If, book. Call us if you're evil. Three two three four five zero seven four zero eight, or um, you know, maybe write us a letter because you're probably a fucking coward. Ask me advice at gmail dot com. <laughs> let's take our next call. Hey, Malls, Christina, Wags, and guests. Uh, this is Krista uh, from Philadelphia. I'm 27. I uh, called in before. Um, and I am just getting out of my very own little Pete and Ariana situation. <laughs> um, Molly, I know that you talked uh, before about having a very passionate relationship where everything moved really fast and you kind of both did like a mad scramble to get your lives together. This was like forever ago that you talked about this. But, um, and then you wound up not being with that person. Like you thought you were going to get married. Uh, that's what this situation was. We talked about kids. We talked about our future and like our, you know, our house and stuff. And we were together for like six months and then we got in one fight and then he gave me the flu and then <laughs> we didn't see each other for three weeks. And then he called me and told me he needs to focus on himself. Uh, and then I saw him on Tinder and I got really mad. And now I just, I don't, it, I was kind of blindsided by the whole thing. And I don't know how to heal from this. Uh, and I was just wondering if you had any tips for getting over a breakup where it was someone that you thought you were going to marry. Um I feel like this is rambly and terrible, and sorry. <laughs> um, thank you, guys. Love to hear your thoughts. Um, all right. Please advise. Okay. Um, you know, it's funny because, like, I think the last question, the, the question you settled on is how do you move on from someone that you thought that you were going to marry? And I think, like, it's more complicated than that because it's not – that like the marriage part isn't happening. It's that the person that you thought you were going to marry is not the person that they said they were. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? That's a little, that's more, I think the thing that is the problem yeah. is that like you're grappling with the fact that you came into something really pure hearted and thought that you guys were sort of similarly intentioned and that your priorities were very much the same. And then it turned out that that wasn't the case. Now, obviously, if you found him on Tinder, you're on Tinder, too. But I also know the part that's annoying about that is you're like, yo, you ended this because you said you needed to work on yourself and you're yeah. out here trying to, you know, get your dick sucked. 
But I think that like with, unfortunately, I've realized with a lot of people and as like, you know, I don't want to stereotype, but especially guys, like they can, they can like have sex with a lot of people and in their minds still be working on themselves. Yep. Like hundred yeah. percent, with hundred thousand percent. With women, we go more towards like, I'm working on myself. I'm going to be fucking celibate. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's me. Like, I'm like, I'm not dating. Are you kidding me? Like, I'm trying to be a better person. Like, I don't want to talk to anyone who would talk to me right now, which is like not true. But like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, no. With guys, they're like, yeah, I'm working on myself. Like, but like, I still need to get laid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> sounded like he was having trouble with the relationship. That also was like, or a you know, those dudes who like fuck their way through healing themselves. Right. Just uh, gross. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's called gorilla time. Yeah. After a breakup where yeah. they just go like animal style. Mm-hmm. That's what Ma- yeah. Ma- that's what Max is doing right now. Yeah. What was you going gorilla style? Come here. Going gorilla style. Um, but so I think, um, you know, what's so interesting is like she, they got the flu and then they didn't see, he gave her the flu and then they didn't see each other for three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Which, There's like, something that comes out of people he that wasn't taking care of her while she had the flu. Yeah. Exactly. And also like, you know, maybe it was as simple as like, he didn't like you when you were sick. Like he didn't like think it was going to be all that. Like, he liked it when it was, like, easy and fun. And you guys were, like, you know, but he's, like, oh, like, I don't want to deal. Like, she's being a bitch. Like, she's sick, you know? Like, and that's, like, such a dick guy. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, now that I've had these three weeks after I infected her, like, I think, like, my life is pretty cool. Like, that's, like, such a dipshit guy. Like, you know, like, I I don't know. Like, (laughs) I wouldn't call him, like, I mean, it seems like there's something narcissistic to him, you know, I wouldn't think like I don't think he's like a fucking typical narcissistic abuser. But like, I think there was like some love bombing going on up front a little bit, maybe. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think the fact that you said the Pete and Ariana thing is very interesting because that says. I mean, I think like we I think anyone who like can walk away with an impression from that relationship was that those two people were not right for each other. Yes. You know, and and so it's less about like, how do you recover from someone you thought you were going to marry? And like, how do you sell like kind of accept who you are and learn from this going into your next dating experience? Like what's unacceptable? Because like one thing you learn when you like think that you're ready to make a lifetime commitment to someone and then it doesn't work out is that like all of your standards really get finessed yeah yeah because you're like oh you know what low i'm not key- putting i'm not willing to put up with that. like low-key i hated the way that that was like the way that we dealt with that or the way that that i was spoken to in those situations or whatever i'm never gonna let someone do that to me again like the more you serious you get with someone and like learn from the way that that you know like like one of the guys like the last guys i dated like if if like there was a grievance like he would just be quiet like, well, I talked to him, like, are you just, like, waiting for me to be over? Like, until I, like, stop talking? Or are you going to, like, engage in this? Like, because I don't want to just, like, you know, like, that's, like, giving a five-year-old their punishment. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, if something's wrong, like, like can we, like, fucking talk about it? Like, right. that's so, it's, you learn from every little relationship. Okay, all of this stuff is here, but this part isn't there. And yeah. no one's ever going to be perfect. But if you were willing to settle for this guy... 
who is capable of this, then maybe there, you know, there's probably someone much better out there for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you are lovable. And that's, you know, one thing that you should see is that this guy, you know, cared about you. He yeah. not, wasn't able to do the follow through, but you mm-hmm. are lovable. Yeah. You're valuable. Like all of the nice things he said to you when he was being nice aren't untrue. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, that's a hard thing to grapple with because you're like, oh, well, if he said all this and, you know, and then he did this, that must be a bigger indication. It's not. Yeah. It's like really not like yeah. it sounds like he's a switch flipper and like that's fine, you know? Yeah. Kenny, have you ever had like a romance like that? No, I've actually never um, had a relationship. But what I will say is that something that really struck me about when uh, she was talking was that she sounds very self-aware. And I think that that's almost like the biggest first hurdle to get over. Yeah. Like when you're moving on from like any kind of trauma, really. Yeah. Um, and I think that something in my life that I've learned recently is that the idea of like moving on isn't so much like you flip a switch and one day like I've moved on. Like it really is such a long process. And um, there's there are no rules. You just kind of have to figure it out as you go. And uh, I mean, I wish her the best, but it it's it's tough. It's not going to be easy. What's the like, give us a rundown of your dating history. You know, it's weird because I would say that I've never really been that interested in having a relationship. Really? Yeah. Are you yeah, like yeah. a hookup guy? Or? Not really. I mean, I went through a phase when I was younger. Yeah. But, um, as cliche as this might sound, like I feel like right now my big priority in life is like my career and working and That's trying great. to like figure myself out. And um, three years ago, I moved out of my parents' house for the first time. Woo. Um, after living with them for like, you're like for the first time, right? There no, might be other times. No, no, no. I lived with them for 23 years straight. And yeah. so like the past three years of my life have been getting to know me and like, what am I like on my own? And to, for me, that's kind of like the first step of FYI, you might do that again at 32. Like, <laughs> hey, just, I would love to move back in it with is, them. It's not moving back in, but you kind oh. of do this like self reassessment yeah, every couple of years. Totally. Like, who is, who is Danny? Totally. Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. And it, that's growing. I do. I probably do it every six months. Yeah. Yeah. And I think something else that I've had to learn is that, um, so there have been times when I've been really unhappy and I get really into like reading like Brene Brown books and yeah. watching yeah. Super Soul Sunday. Yeah. Um, like what I call kind of like doing the work. Yeah. And I get Absolutely. really into that when I'm like very down. But what I've learned is that you really have to kind of be doing the work at all, all times, time. not reactively. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm kind of getting back into it now and trying to make that my like my that's the fact of my life is that I'm always working on myself. Um, yeah. But it's not easy all the time. Yeah, I've I've had to like segment a special time just to like take care of myself. Exactly. So, like, I have a new nighttime routine. Yeah. Where I do that. And You're doing your like, makeup, Chrissy? Not my makeup because. I gotta, I gotta get into that. It's the next part of the routine. I'm, I, I just started nailing down like a regular face cleaning routine. So I'm so proud so of important you. Though. Yes, double wash at night. Oh, good. Yeah. Double wash is so good. Double wash I love a double wash. Yeah. And we have to get you. Do you have a, a brush? What do you mean? Like not a you you don't have to get a Clarisonic, but like a face brush oh, to I like really one. get in there. I will take Rex. They have like um I think like Vanity Planet is like okay. one of the top like a lot of people recommend them. I think it's like forty nine bucks or something, and it has like a body one, so you can like scrub. I have them my up. body brush. That's like part yeah. of my nighttime routine. And then they have um dry brushing is so good. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It it hurts a little bit. It is mostly just because it puts me back in touch with my body. Yeah, right? like and like touching in different ways that I like. You know, when do you ever really? Well, like, my touch mom the thought body? I was <laughs> autistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, my mom thought I was autistic. I had and I went. <laughs> And I had to go to occupational therapy. Like a lot of it was just getting rubbed with a brush. 
you know? Do you remember that fascia blaster thing from like two years ago? That was like the first thing that I really got into like working myself over with. Yeah. Um, But it puts you back in touch in your body in a way that... Yeah, I don't know. It hurts like a bitch. Yeah, I believe it's supposed to. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and it. I will say that it didn't really do anything for me. I don't think like visibly. I didn't really notice a difference. Like I still have my cottage cheese. Isn't that what it's supposed to fix? Yeah. 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 Um, But it was an interesting lesson in like almost personal intimacy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing that I'm like Uh working back towards. It's just like being. That this sounds kind of dirty, but like intimate. Yeah. No, but that's like, not dirty. That's yeah. like the most uh, the most important love of all is yes. of yourself. It's the greatest love of all. Yeah. <laughs> but the fascia blaster is also good for just breaking up sore muscle too. Did that yeah. make a difference for you? Uh, no, I foam roll. Oh, foam roll. Which also hurts like a bitch. Well, Sean Bartholomew was like, I see my foam rolls right there. And he's like, oh, he's, like, he's like, you're too. He's like, are you fucking kidding? He's like, you foam roll. He's like, that's way too intense for you. And I was like, foam rolling is too intense. He's like, those are really hard. He's like, not everyone should be foam rolling. And I was like, whoa. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it was really oh. like enlightening, like illuminating. I, one of my friends has a much more intense foam roller that has like nid, like notches. And That's like what mine is. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it's like this big, but it's like deep. That might wow. be better for you because it's broken up Maybe. more. Like in the foam roller, so blunt. Yeah. Like, like it's just the, blunt. The knotty ones are usually like harder, whereas yeah. that one's like a little bit softer. That's what gets me is mine is like a hard knotty one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because you have to like sit on it and roll back and forth and it just like I really, really feel it deep. You like it? Um, I don't like it while I'm doing it, but I like how I feel afterward. I'm going to bring you down a neck a neck thing that you guys should play with. Um, I also I have a couple things. I also got a neck hammock, which is amazing. What? It's like you put it over your doorknob and then you shut the door and then like it's sort of like it like hovers like about six inches above the ground. And then you put like the back like basically like where you're. like it for me. My biggest thing is like this ridge along the back of my about around the back of my skull there's a lot of shit going on in there yeah. and then like this is all my tmj and it affects my shoulders it's like a whole body-wide operation and basically it just gives you neck traction and you get to huh. like really stretch out and it's relax my your new neck. band it's neck traction <laughs> yeah. it's amazing it's amazing and i have to like you know what i'm being a hypocrite because i haven't been draining my nodes enough I need to get my ass into that infrared sauna like right after you. I'm going to infrared sauna for like an hour after you leave. I need to sweat. I've never done a sauna before. What is that like? It's well, like the infrared is bomb because it like boils you from the inside out. So my yoga studio has infrared heat. Yeah. It's not a sauna, but it's kind of the same. Very different than when you do yoga just in front of a heater, which it's 100% is terrible. different. Yeah. The infrared heat. Do you go to um, Moto Yoga? No, I go to Sync. Where's that? Um... Is that in Glendale? Yeah. Oh my god, I gotta By the go. Americana. Oh, I have to. It's in the Americana. Not like two blocks away from, like uh, up central, like two. Oh, blocks. I need to go. Yeah, it's I, great. I like love hot yoga. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was hot yoga in Glendale. So good. I I've, mean, it's not like Bikram. It's not like 112 degrees and then 90% humidity, but it's definitely heated. Yeah. Um, and she makes me sweat in a way that I've never sweat before. Like I have to go home and immediately wash my clothes. Yeah. Wipe down my mat or it gets mildewy, which has happened before. That's what I am so here yeah. for. That's my shit. I need to get in there and do that like three times this week. No joke. Yeah, it's great. Actually, though, I have been to yoga once before when I was on painkillers and – um. It's, it was really hard, and I thought I was going to die. Well, because um, so much of it is, like, balance-based that I feel like 
painkiller yoga is like. Well, it was like almost like the heat couldn't was like interacting with it weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. And normally I would I'm never on painkillers. So right. but it was the one time I was and went to yoga, I was like really bad. But I need to go as many times as possible like this week and next week because I have to like, you know, to be at my college reunion. You should come with me. Um, I, I went last night and we had a meditation at the end of class and like, oh my God, it was the most intense. Like I was emotionally wrecked by the end of it. Hmm. No, but in a good way. Yeah. Like, it's, it's good to work through your trauma. But I remember I just was kind of like laying there on the ground, soaked in sweat. There was like tears rolling down my face. And when I stood up to leave, like the feeling was almost like when you take too many edibles and you just <laughs> don't really know. Like, how will I go on? When you sweat like that, it's so, it's so good. And like, in a weird way, like, when you do it at night, it's different. Like, but in a weird way, you always think like, how could I possibly start my day with something like that? Mm -hmm. Because it's so exhausting. But when you do it in the morning, it's like, you just run all day on that energy. Like, yeah. it's so good. Yeah. There's something about it in the morning. But you're right. Like, at the end of a class, when they'll hit you with like a little thing, well, they'll be like, take some time to think about what you did for yourself today. <laughs> You made it here to this class. Mm -hmm. That's an achievement. Yeah. You're Which here. is true. You finished the lesson. You can Focus achieve. On your breathing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they just, like they're like, can, like, and, and it's so kind that you're just like, fuck, like, I hope you talk to yourself like that at home too. Cause like, yeah. also, I should do that too. Like, it's just like, it's this huge thing where I'm like, does Rhonda teaching this Bikram class, like, does she go home and talk about this stuff to herself? Or is she just passing it along to us? Like we do here That's on true. Please Advise. Where yeah. maybe I'll be like, you should be so kind to yourself, Becky. And then like I go into my own room and I'm like, fuck you, Molly. You fucking piece of trash. <laughs> <laughs> no. Great podcast, loser. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like most yoga teachers like really do kind of walk the walk and talk the talk. And yeah. if they don't, yeah. then they're probably not um, the most authentic yoga experience that you can have that's why sober people are really good at like that's why that's a common journey to me oh really you know like yeah. i feel like there's a lot like a lot of people in like the yoga community and spiritual community are like sober and it's because this was like something that they like found peaceful and like challenging at the same time yeah like it was yeah, something yeah. that worked for them and like also like sobriety is a lot about spirituality but that's a very common like um thing and i think it's much easier to practice that when you're present 100 yeah. percent, and also have something to live for um on the flip side it's also a great workout to get through a hangover to just go oh, and sweat sure. out all of your booze yes mm -hmm. it's the worst thing when you're doing it but you like leave feeling like a different person it's yeah I it's kind of crazy i did a bar method class after Ooh. i had a wicked hangover and it was bar rough. method is rough, it's hard rough. sober but yeah. i can imagine if you're working through something bar method <laughs> is so hard yeah it's so hard yeah. I, it's really hard. You hurt in places that you didn't know you could hurt it's by the, the little end of muscles. It. Yeah, Ooh, the God. outside and the, oh God. I love a good Pilates too. I need to get back into Pilates. I let I let the fact that Christina's friend also goes to my Pilates studio that I want to go to really deter me. Yeah, if she hasn't gone this year. Because here's so. also the thing: is that like I'll say I'll go to yoga with you now, but we're not going to yoga together. <laughs> no. I have to go dialogue. That's immediate. As the dialogue was happening in my head, I was like, "This isn't happening." I love yoga. I'll go by myself, but right. I'm not. I can't go with another person. No, I know. Because God sure. forbid, like I met I was like, Ed. He's never getting that call. <laughs> I know. I but no, we're hanging out to do other things. You live in Glendale, like we're hanging out. We're like Trust practically me. neighbors. Yeah. yeah. I, oh my God, are you kidding? Like, let, I'll go get a facial with you. Let's go to nail garden and get our nails done. <laughs> 
again. <laughs> I actually do need to do that. But um, I just bit all mine off the other day, and then I couldn't do the clasp on this cross necklace that I oh just I hate bought that. Last week. Now everybody's asking if I found the Lord. Mm-hmm. All I found was the jewelry section at Top Man. I love that, honey. Thank you. It looks good. Thanks. I like that you're a silver guy. Yeah, you know? I can't do the gold. No, mm-hmm. it would look. It wouldn't look right on you. No. You'd feel a little uh, too Guido or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, but you got this. <laughs> it looks very classy. This Thank cross. You. Um, I just can't work out in front of Michael. Yeah, right. Thank you. I love it for you. Oh, um, God I bless had to you. Meet Ed at Hollywood Equinox yesterday, and like, of course, it's, Ed would go to an Equinox. I know, and like, it was so funny because like. <laughs> so he's doing a karaoke birthday party next week and um I'm so sad I'm missing out. He was like, I know, me too. I so he was like he's like meet me at Equinox cuz he mentioned to me on the phone that he wanted to go to the bar that he was doing that he's having his party at to check it out and like see the song list and like get a feeling for the room. And so I was like well, I'll go with you. Like, if you're going by yourself to like a like karaoke bar in Koreatown, like that sounds dark. Yeah. Like, I'll go. Um, and meanwhile, like I'm on two Vicodin and in my pajamas, and like I meant I would go, but like <laughs> then all of a sudden it's like, well, why don't you meet me at like the Hollywood Equinox, and then I'll drive us from the Equinox to Koreatown, and then I'll drive you home. Yeah. And I was like, how? Does that makes like I'll just meet you like I'll just meet you in Koreatown or like whatever like and then he's like or he's like I'll come home from the gym and I'll shower and then you vent you lift to my house and then we'll drive to Koreatown and then I, I was like I was like it made no sense to me but eventually I was like okay fine so I of course I Uber to the wrong Equinox I Uber to West Hollywood instead of Hollywood oh. but then I get to the Equinox. And it's like the Ace Hotel, like in the lobby, like it's very, it has a smell of a hotel that I love and I can't think of it, but it's very like, it's a very like almost like a New York hotel lobby in there. And then you, you know, I guess you go and work out. But when I was leaving, like there was music blasting and like everyone there was attractive. And I just said to him, I was like, this is so extroverted. I said, this is like <laughs> such an extrovert's gem. Like I could never come here. And he's like, I know you'd hate it. He's like, I love it though. And he, like, I really like realized, I'm like, I so, I wonder what that is. What is that in all of us? That some of us love to be seen working out and some of us would rather die. I think but- it really is an introvert, extrovert thing. Really? But like even yeah. I'm an extrovert and the idea of like exercise as a social thing right. to me horrifies me. Like I would never Horrifying. join a gym to meet a Hawkeye. Yeah. I like to run on my own. I like to lift in my apartment gym when it's totally empty, when there's nobody else there. Yeah. Oh, I, like I love to- that. Like how do you feel about yourself? Oh, I feel pretty good actually. Yeah. I'm getting You're not, pretty like, tan. Insecure about like oh, no. your workout situation. No, I actually feel like pretty good. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. But just the idea of like other I'll people. I'll work out at your building's gym with you. I miss having amenities. Come on down. I'll come over. It's I forget. Empty. Do you uh, you have amenities, baby? What are your <laughs> amenities? That was the best part of living in those buildings. They're nice. Yeah, we yeah. have a pool, a hot tub, a beautiful rooftop deck. I we had the rooftop and only a, a hot screen. tub, a little hot tub. And we had an outdoor movie thing. Ooh, yeah. And they also had nice. TVs, so like when I didn't have cable, which I don't think I had ever in that, I would go up there and watch like Real Housewives oh, yeah. on the roof deck, <laughs> like in a little TV. And like half of us were up there for Deadly Adoption, like the Lifetime movie. Um, amenities, baby. It's nice. Let's take yeah. another call. I can tell Christina's chomping at the bit <laughs> to get another call going. We have a letter. I'm going to stand up. Is that okay? Hi, Malls, Christina, Wags, and guests. 
So I guess I'm looking for some general advice on my career slash life. Some background. I don't have a college degree. I struggled in school a lot as a kid and was even diagnosed with a learning disability, ADD. My parents weren't very college focused and didn't have a lot of money. As a result of that, after high school, I just took a few classes at community college and didn't take very and didn't take it very seriously. Throughout my early 20s, I went back on and off to varying levels of seriousness. Then, around 27, I decided to enroll in an online bachelor's program through Penn State that I took seriously for a while, but ultimately didn't finish, either because it was a struggle for me to juggle classes while I worked full-time, and I ended up deeper in student debt without a degree, for, without a degree to show for it. Despite that, I've been able to work my way up in my career, starting as a receptionist, becoming an administrative assistant, changing companies every year or so, and now into human resources. I just turned 30 and I live in NYC and I currently am a human resources coordinator working as a contract temp employee for the corporate office of a luxury gym chain. Up until, ooh, girl, can we get that free membership? Maybe I am an Equinox girl. Up until now, I really haven't liked the, any of the jobs I've had. I finally feel like I'm at a place that I would actually be happy staying with for the next five years or so at least. My contract has no official end date, and I was even told there would be the possibility for this position to go permanent at some point, and the project I was hired to help with doesn't seem like it's going to be finished anytime soon. That being said, there's still a lot of uncertainty. My boss is going on maternity leave in a few months. We're moving offices, and I'm just really anxious about getting lost in the shuffle and not being able to turn and turn this into a permanent position. I guess my question is, what can I do and try and make sure this becomes a permanent gig? I know there are always HR jobs, but without a degree, these opportunities are cut in half. Do I go back to school? I live with my partner who makes a decent living but wouldn't be able to support the both of us, so in order for us to keep our apartment, I need to work full-time. I also really don't want to rack up any more student debt, but part of me feels like a failure for not finishing and being in this situation at 30. Not really sure exactly what I'm looking for writing to you guys. Maybe just some insight. Thanks. Love you guys. Natalie. Um, wow. What do you guys think? Well, I kind of feel like if she's, she said she's 30, right? She don't need no school. Yeah. Yeah. If she's made it this far, I mean, that speaks for itself. I think on a resume, I don't know anything about the HR business, but I mean, you seems like you're kind of making shit happen on your own, right? Yeah, I'm sure most jobs like in that world in like are supposed to require some sort of degree, but you have a lot of experience, it sounds like, and you seem very hardworking. Yeah, I mean, I just, part of me thinks that she's always going to hit a threshold and that might be because of that. Okay. Okay. Um, Yeah, she will probably hit a threshold every time. I, yeah. Yeah. I think something that I've learned from having a ton of those contract jobs that, um, frankly, they suck. I mean, they can be. I mean, be, that's the nature of like yeah. the workforce right yeah. now. It's like, oh, if we can perpetually keep you as a contractor. Right. Just remember that you don't owe them anything. And then if something better comes along, yep. jump on it as fast mm-hmm. as you can. Um, which could also, in theory, that could kind of push them into hiring you full time and making that not a contract job. Yeah. Especially if that boss is going on maternity leave. Yeah. I do think like I do think that you have a good thing going there right now. And mm-hmm. you know that. Um you know, what's your student debt situation really like? Like what's exact, what credits exactly would you need to finish out the degree that you want? Um, is there any way that you can just sort of look into what bare minimum you would need in order to get the degree that you feel like would get you the job interviews and the positions that you would like? Um, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I think that that's a shitty game if you have to play it. I do have a college education. So, like, I also know that I'm saying that from a place of someone who already, like, did that and was lucky enough to do that. But it seems like less and less people are finding that to be a necessary thing. Yeah. And you have student debt hanging over you. And unless you're, like, really close to finishing something, um, it would be, I don't know if it's wise to take it on now. And I feel like that sucks. Like my aunt did take 30 years to finish her college education. She had three kids and she worked a lot and she would take a credit here, credit there when she could over the years. And she did finish her degree. It meant a lot to her, but she didn't go to her graduation. She just felt content when she had that piece of paper. Um, Even though it took her a very long time to do, it was like a life goal for her to finish that. Um, Even though like, it was just it was an English degree. It just yeah. was something she really wanted. And yeah. she was able to take it at her at her leisure, obviously. So all that said, um, you know, I don't know. I think that if you can forgive yourself for the failure part and maybe assess this more as more um less emotionally. Yeah. You know, maybe you can look at what what it is you really need. And also, I feel like there's probably a lot of careers that are very adjacent to what you're doing that don't necessarily require the degree. And it's time to sort of like look into maybe out of the box ways you can be involved in that world without needing to put yourself in further debt. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I also feel like going back to school after you've been out of it for a while is not going to be the same as the first time around. Like you're, you've changed, your situation has changed. And so it's not like you hop back into how it was when you were 22. You know what I mean? Um, I thought about going back to grad school and I just think that like too much has changed with me and I don't know that I would want to step back into that. Like academic life is very different as you all know from like professional life. But doing the online college thing was like seemed easy enough for her. It just was like also you're losing credits every time you transfer. Yeah, that you too. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like in a, in a weird way, unless you go back to this Penn State online school or whatever, which sounds great by the way, mm-hmm. like that is a degree enough but by many yeah. people's standards. Like I really think going to community college, like all that stuff, that's actually the very smart way to play it. I was very yeah. lucky to go to a great school, but it was, um, you know, having like having a family history there yeah, and also having um, like, you know, great community service and like a lot of the things that got me all the scholarships I got, mm-hmm. which were mostly from non-academic like community service ones I got from high school. Yeah. Um, those, you know, that was, that was huge for me. Or like, is there an option to finish an associate's degree, not necessarily a bachelor degree? I agree with that. That's right. I I think that there's, again, like look for like, I hate to say this, but the bare minimum. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to go all out. Like there's no reason to put like an associate's degree is fine. Like plenty of people work very high up in this world without any degree at all. And I think mm-hmm. that it's admirable to go for one, especially knowing everything we know about how much or little a college degree can matter and how much I mean, it can affect your future. I am really curious to hear maybe other people's responses about how they've tried to make their way in this in this world now in, without a college degree because I feel like it is so necessary and it is really hard to even get, get good employment without one. Um, I feel like I mean cuz there's obviously a reason why all three of us went to college. Yeah. Well, we also I'll well I'll say you and I also were part of a different era and culture of college. Mm. 
Well, she's 30, so she's around the same age that we are. Right. Maybe that's why she feels guilty for not finishing. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Because she's yeah. holding on to a, a world of college that really, like, didn't exist. I mean, she was a little bit post-recession, but I would say that that still, like, probably impacted mm-hmm. – You know, I don't think people really started thinking about college not being necessary or school in general not being like the the structure of it, not being as necessary to show up for the same for for the same way for every person. Mm -hmm. You know, like I think more and more people understand not everyone's going to go to Ivy League college now. A lot of people like leave school and graduate high school on their Mm -hmm. on their own online or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I think that maybe part of it could be like the shame part of it is what makes me sad a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Is that she feels like ashamed of not finishing. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and depending on like the classes that she's taken so far, I know that with my degree and this is no knock on my my school because I love my school, but almost nothing that I learned in college helped me in terms of like hands on career skills. Yeah. What was the most valuable to me was like the critical thinking and the it really shaped my worldview, I think, in a way. Um, and so I wonder if is she able to go back and maybe she doesn't get a degree specifically in what she's doing, but something that would be more of a passion project for her, or yeah. what she's doing in her career, I mean. What was your expectation, your family expectation for college? Um, it was never a question for us, I don't think. You had to go. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a question. I yeah, same. My brother and I were going. And was and did she said she grew up like lower middle class did she say and that there wasn't really any like because that's also interesting because like I think another reason why all of us went was because we had parents that really raised us to think that there was no option yeah you know um yeah I mean I'm I'm I think I'm technically lower middle class and um and neither of my parents went to college I was the first my brother but they they you but it was like, Christina, you're going to grow up to go to college, right? And I don't think anyone had that conversation Mm -hmm. with her. And that's maybe a big difference, too. My parents weren't very college-focused, and I didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's, you know, I think it's so interesting because I look back on one of my really, really, really good friends, and I won't say who, but I always thought of her as very smart, very, like, like, I always thought that she would be applying to some of the best schools. Like, no problem. No question. And she chose a, she chose some real, like, all of her schools were real fucking ass safety schools. And she went to a very average college and, went in, you know, had some financial aid. And at the time, it didn't make any sense to me. Because everyone I knew was blowing it out and trying to go to the biggest, best college possible, like racking up financial aid or had rich parents or whatever. Like, I mean, literally over, I would say, 30 percent of my class went to Ivy League schools. It was a lot. And it was a big concentration. And so it shocked me that one of my friends like picked to go this way that seemed so average to me. And, like, almost what it was was, like, a really, like, kind of wise acknowledgement of what, like, what the process was and what could come from it and, like, what was necessary. It was a very practical, wise choice now that I look back on it. And Mm. it's very admirable, um, to be honest, that, like, she got her college education done that her parents expected her to do and that she wanted to do and – they didn't make a big fuss over it, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I like that. 
I wish I wish that that had been a more accepted POV. Me too. You know, what school did you go to? University of Maryland, Baltimore County, the Retrievers. Um, Yeah. And and I mean, I think never once did I think like, oh, I'm going to like a public school. Like I'm not not reaching my full potential. But I will say that some of my friends who did go to like, I don't know that anybody went to an Ivy League school, but who went to private schools. And there definitely was sort of a culture of like, oh, like you're a public school kid. Like, and it kind of sucks because I feel like I did get a really great education that has served me well. Um, yeah, my stepdad but, was always very ashamed of graduating a state school. Like he was, felt embarrassed, but he was in, and it always made no sense to us because he was like as successful as a lot of his peers right. who went to like top universities. Totally. And he was always like embarrassed about it. And my mom would always be like, how could you be embarrassed about that? Like if anything, that's like the score of the century. Yeah. That, like you were that successful with all that. I mean, I don't know, girl. I don't think your st- I think your story is like not about this college thing. I think you'll figure out the college thing. I would like to hear from other people, but like, I, I don't know. I feel bad that you feel shame over it. I think that you should be proud of everything that you've done. Yeah. Sounds like you're kicking ass. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that like, you know, you don't even need to go to the place of thinking about your partner supporting you. Like that's sort of a dark place to go to already. Yeah. You're yeah. only 30. You don't need to like, you shouldn't be thinking about a partner supporting you um, unless like you literally are disabled in some way or not able to work. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is, you have options. And if you believe in yourself, you'll get what you need to get done. I would love to hear from someone else who has more of like a direct career path related to college though. Cause I look back and I'm like, the best part I got out of college was that I figured out I wanted to write comedy. Um, and I did not figure that out in class. I figured that out like in my college group. And that was like the best part of school for me what 100%. was your degree in film oh okay I wanted to I started out as a poli sci major so did I at one point for yeah like 20 minutes yeah. and um it was like the hardest it was like the second hardest um major I guess at Boston College because I wanted to be a politician so that was like I started out with poli sci and I wanted to go to law school after college and then like I got into a sketch comedy group my first week <laughs> and I was like oh fuck like this is what I want to do and um Then I went to, I wanted to, I still didn't think I could actually do that for a living. So I wanted to be, um, to be a social worker and I was studying sociology, but then I didn't want to do statistics. Oh yeah. Math is hard. Yeah. And so I looked at like, I was going for like a poli sci English double major at first. So I had a lot of English and I had a lot of like poli sci stuff that could be like more loosely interpreted. And in the film major actually lets you kind of have a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, so you could say like, you know, you're studying this, you know, um, sort of, um, this history class that was really niche, for example. You Mm -hmm. could apply that to your film degree for one reason or another. So eventually that just became the easiest thing for me to do and it was something that I was really passionate about. So I was able to get my major um, done and I loved the film, like the film world at BC. One of our... One of my classmates like just had some... She like won Sundance or something. It's crazy. Um, It's so weird too because like BC is not like the most artsy school. Like it definitely was not a very artsy school to me. Like Chris O'Donnell was like an Amy Poehler went to BC but like that was sort of like it in the history of the school yeah and um it's like this last like 15 years has produced a lot of cool stuff but um yeah anyway I I wound up being a film major 
How long did it take you to do your degree? Did you do it all in four years? I did or? it in four years, but okay. because I'm dyslexic, I went to school year round. So like okay. I basically lived at school off campus year round and I took like two, I think I took two less classes this semester than everyone else. And I took mm-hmm. like, so I basically went to school year round. Okay. Like I would take, I think cl- three classes each semester and then I take like two in the summer or something. Summer and classes was, are fun. Yeah. And yeah. I think you could do two quarters in a summer like you would do like an intensive class that yeah, was yeah, like yeah. eight hours a day okay and so like i would go do like an eight hour a day like lecture sort of thing and then like you show up after four you do that for like four or six weeks and then you do the final gotcha and so i would do i think like two or three classes every summer and just mm-hmm. like get that out of the way and i worked at school like i worked either in catering or um i worked at phone center that's where we did like fundraising so I always had jobs at school or like I worked in the city one year waitressing and that was always like good money mm-hmm. and like I needed to hustle and make money like for spending spending money like my allowance in college my mom gave me an allowance freshman year which is absolutely why I got a job as soon as possible and it was a hundred dollars a month and like <laughs> I lived off of 25 dollars a week which is like wasn't crazy back then, but it was kind of crazy yeah. when I like, look back, especially right. when I think about kids who's got like a thousand dollars a month allowance. Yeah, like I worked was... a minimum wage job in college, made seven twenty five an hour. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, I was still living at home, but yeah. even just like things, food and whatnot. Um, I can't imagine doing that today. It's crazy. Yeah. That was like the best. Phone center was the best job at BC because it paid seven dollars an hour. And like all the other jobs at school played anywhere from like six dollars to I think it went up to six twenty five at one point and then to six fifty. And you'd be like, want that six fifty job. <laughs> like everyone be out there for that extra quarter. Um, but yeah, it's interesting, man. I uh yeah, that's another thing you should think about too, is like, can you work on campus? Yeah. Try and get a job on the school you want to work at. That was actually I don't know why I'm not I'm not fucking thinking straight dog. Like that is the most obvious thing. Like as someone gr- who grew up like in college culture, like if you want to if you want to go to school for like cheap or and you yeah. have something you want to study, try and get a job in an admissions office or like in HR at the school or like pay my off. My mom ha- works HR at a yeah. college. She's taken many college courses for free. My brother's first degree and also first undergrad first uh, graduate degree. Came because he was working at the college. Duh. Why didn't we think of that dog? (laughs) Duh. They they really want, and my mom mom was like, you can go to free if you work for a CUNY. And like, I chose not to go to a CUNY because I was like, yeah, I want a private college. (laughs) Where did you go? I went to a a college called St. John's University. Where's Um, that? It's uh, in Queens. Uh, They also have campuses and it's a Catholic college. So they have a campus in Rome and they have a couple of campuses all over the world. Cool. Yeah. International. Yeah. <laughs> International, baby. International, but yeah, why, duh, go like, go look at schools you're interested in and find out what their work share pro- program That's is. That's what it's called, work share? Uh, I don't know what it's called specifically, but it is just like your employee, you get to go for free. My mom has been in HR for 30 years yeah. at the college. And, and there's like a lot things. of like professional, I mean, it is a hotbed for experience, professional, like professional connections, like long lasting relationships. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing I've forgotten about. And like, I can't wait to like that school is like, so <laughs> it's so community. It's so good. Yeah. Like I, that's one thing I missed is like, oh my God, I'm gonna like cry. No, I'm <laughs> just like school is really great. Yeah, I'm excited for you. Yeah. I'm going to cry. All right. 
Um, I'm on painkillers. I'm sorry. Let's take our next call. <laughs> hey, Wags and Guest and Christine and Malls. I just thought I'd switch up the name order for some reason. Um, anyway, so I have an important topic to hopefully discuss with you today. Um, you may have seen her on the internet. There's a girl named Jojo Siwa. And I just want to hear your thoughts about her, if you have any. I'm sort of recently been introduced to the world of Jojo Siwa, and it's a little bit overwhelming. And I would love it if you can just kind of break it down for me and, um, you know, break it down into more digestible pieces. I think that would be really helpful for me. Um, Jojo is somebody that is like a total, like, just like she seems like the complete opposite of me. And um, I mean, I should also say that I really love her and I think she's great. Um, so this isn't like a talk crap about Jojo Siwa call. But um, I don't know. It's just I just need to like hear someone talk about her. So if you can just talk about her, that'd be great. <laughs> um, also, she has a music video for a song called Dream, which is like honestly really catchy. Um, but I don't know. My thoughts are like, I think she's like overwhelming and a lot, but like in a fun way. But I also feel like if she existed like seven or eight years ago, I don't know if she'd be able to really do what she's doing right now. Like, I feel like the internet would have just like eaten her alive. But for some reason, we're like in this cultural space now where someone like her can really come up and thrive without being like destroyed by you know, bloggers all over the internet. Um, but I don't know, maybe I'm not right about that. But yeah, if you have any thoughts on this really important topic, that'd be so helpful for me. So funny you should mention Jojo Siwa because my friend Amaris just got a quote that I said to her about Jojo um, tattooed on her in my writing, which is she'll come to us because um, I, you know, I had sort of put out to my friend that I think Jojo may be playing for your team, Christina, <laughs> and because I, I have noticed she stays very infantile, like in her image and everything like that. And I think it's very that's a great that's a great disguise, man. Like you can no one will ever question your sexuality if you dress like a four year old girl at the age of 16. Brilliant. Um, but I, I said to my friend, you know, she's like, how do we save Jojo? And I said, she'll come to us. Like, I think that when one day Jojo <laughs> will approach me and say, hey, I want to be myself. And I'll be like, Jojo, everyone's themselves over at Mallstown. Come be yourself. Um, this is what Jojo, do you know who she is? Does everyone here I know do, who Jojo yeah. Siwa is? I, I know her a little bit better now because, uh, what is the name? North was like hanging out with her and I got yes. to watch that video. Mm. Mm. And I yeah. know her yeah. through Miranda Sings. Okay. Do you watch Miranda Sings? I oh, do. you're more of the age. You're yeah, like of the old age. I, well, no, I feel old compared to like, so when I watched one of her concert specials, <laughs> the audience was all like 12 year old girls and I yeah. instantly felt so uncomfortable. But yeah, I but like, you came up with I, these exactly, YouTubers, right. Like, she was, where, yeah. Where, yeah. We were like, YouTube was still Did you watch Fred? Yeah, I did. See, yes. like he's that age. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I love think that. we're actually the same age, me yeah. and Fred. Yeah. I love that we have a little YouTube. Um, I can <laughs> I connect with Fred you guys. Once. Did you? Yeah. I'm happy for him now. I don't know what's yeah. going on, but he's like an out gay man now that has his own YouTube channel as an adult. And yeah, still makes great. like a great. lot of money. Yeah. And yeah. apparently like, I don't know. Wait, he, I don't know if he has an, like, they sold the Fred network for like pennies though, I think. Right. 
Didn't that happen? Like Fred. Well, didn't he kind of the character sort of like fell off the face of the earth? And right. And yeah, you're right. They sold the the channel to somebody else, and now he's back just as him. Lucas, I think, is his name, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. like he um didn't like does he have a lot of money? Because I think for some reason I thought I remember like there being like a sad end to the Fred thing where like they made it like the Fred channel where they just had kids on it. I don't know if I'm remembering my internet history correctly. Oh, well, okay. So I guess I assume that he makes a lot of money because his I videos now is. get like millions of views still. Oh. Yeah. I hope he's all sad. I hope Fred is sad because that's a kid that worked hard. <laughs> so it's funny that you say this because yes, like to bring us back to like a Fred, for example, the internet would have eaten Jojo Siwa fucking alive yeah. a few years back. And like, I would say that like, she does very, very well. There's like also like, you know, there's not as much hate for her out there as people say. I think any adults that we find right. her very, we, we, uh, we embrace Jojo because yeah. she's so clearly like great at what she's doing, uh-huh. right? which is t- like creating and tearing up a fucking industry. Mm-hmm. Right. So Jojo was apparently on Dance Moms, a show I never watched because I was like uncomfortable with the whole concept of this like lady yelling. At, at children, children. Yeah. yeah like I that never really appealed to me um because it wasn't that like the whole hook she like verbally abuses these kids like that was never I, and then the moms watch I don't know yeah the moms would watch from their own I did watch it for a period of time mm-hmm. it was more I was more into it for like the petty momness and her yelling at the moms oh then uh. like her yelling at the kids which she did do and that was like not cool but they yeah were also like really talented kids like, right well kids that's really what talented. honey boo boo came out came out of too right that yeah. show or was no she was on a pageant show oh she toddlers and different... T- that toddlers one toddlers and tiaras yeah. yeah dance right. moms is where maddie era. ziegler yeah, right. came from <laughs> maddie ziegler the sia dancer girl that's where she oh. she came from dance moms yeah. too okay so i talented. i would say she and jojo are like the two breakouts from that obviously okay. in very different categories now jojo i think like was on a spinoff of that, of Dance Moms. Mm. Like, there was Abby Lee Miller Dance Company. Yeah, like, she is wasn't that- on Dance Moms proper. I right. Think. So she is, like, this little blonde girl who wears a side ponytail with a big fucking bow on mm. it. And somehow that got transitioned into, like, her selling these bows. And then that merchandise became huge. And one thing that I know she did differently than a lot of, like, other internet stars is that she did the straight to retail route so she doesn't sell her shit really online like probably on walmart.com but she doesn't have like jojosiwa.com shop like she signed a deal up front with someone she's at target she's at walmart she's at kmart Mm -hmm. she's in every like she's in everything so um she like is so rich so fucking rich and then i think nickelodeon signed a deal with her so she seemed to have some sort of show on there but like the her whole brand is like very much like um empowering towards children like some I someone I know who is like a babysitter or a nanny or something said like those bows like are great though in a weird way because like I see she's like I see the way that like the little girls walk around with so much more confidence yeah. when they have their bow on um and the weird thing about Jojo for sure she turned 16 just last week I saw it all over the internet and it's bizarre like she looks yeah. four years old um and I'm she, pictures of her right now, yeah. but like she, the way that she talks sometimes is like deceptively like she sounds older and she sort of has like the presence and the air of like well, she's not an like, older person. She's five but, nine. Yeah, she's also like that. she's like taller than me. Right. And to think about like this gigantic girl that like speaks so fast uh-huh. and like is 
so wealthy and so business savvy, clearly, but yeah. also. I'm just looking at this tiny jacket. She she looks like she's. Oh, this is out from her fifteenth birthday. Yeah, this is from her fifteenth birthday. Um, I her, love that you know that off top. Yeah, because I know because her mom made this jacket for her. <laughs> For her birthday. Her mom makes a lot of her clothes. That's another thing with her. Her mom makes a lot of her clothes. And they have like a rhinestoning room at their house. I saw like some sort of... um, It was like a morning show sort of thing. And it was like the moms behind the stars. I think it was like on Good Morning America. And they like... JoJo's like in the rhinestoning room. um, And like their whole house is like a, a JoJo like store. You know, like it's... She's painted everywhere. It's like, it's brilliant marketing. They've done a brilliant thing. Yeah. Now, I'm just trying to imagine when she's ready to do that, like, drastic transition into adulthood. Right. The Miley Cyrus. The entire pony and just rocking a short. And that's the anticipatory. Uh, Well, no, I know. I mean, that's the anticipatory, like, thing. Like, everyone is like, when's it going to change? Because how long can this go on for? Like, how long? Like, when? I mean, it's already a little demented. It's going to like when she if she's 21 years old and doing this, arrest her like what, what's going to happen like this. Well, there are adult stars of kids shows, though, like but, but that, they don't act be, like be Bilbo, kids? whatever his name is. Bebo. There's like a kid. But does he does he dress like a four year old child? I get, Let me see if I can find what he looks like. I don't know. He wears, like floppy hats. And I just suspenders. with her. I like I I with her. The I think the brilliant thing that she does is that there's no um, appearance of her ever being any different than that. Like yeah. her whole house is very childlike. You never see her in an adult atmosphere mm-hmm. ever. Like I don't think I've ever seen her in an adult atmosphere. Like in a room of normal furniture and right. stuff like that she's very much stays it's brilliant marketing and even now, when she blippy, does that's the name of the guy blippy oh blippy now i would say i also am very different than jojo siwa um and i like that you that you know that about yourself caller <laughs> um we we knew that you were like that um look i think that all of us would like to be Jojo Siwa. I'm not kidding. I think that uh, most of us would like to have the opportunity of a lifetime come. Yeah. And so seamlessly and shamelessly chase it and like have it pay off. Sign me up. That's Blippi. But is this like his whole fucking life? I think like, so. Like does he walk down the street like this? Oh, I don't know. See, that's Jojo never takes the break from the clothes. She loves the clothes. And I'm telling you, it's her armor. It's her armor. Well, what do you mean she can? Well, I mean, like, I think there's this expectation to, like, be that person all the time, obviously. Right. I think, especially with YouTube, there's a very blurred line between, like, real person and, like, YouTube personality because. Often it is just their personality that is the YouTube. Well, here's mm-hmm. well, here's the thing is that like people say like she's con- like are you contracted to wear the bow? She's like, "No, of course not." And it's like, "No, you're not contracted because you don't have to be. It's smart for right. you to Why wouldn't you to want do to? that." Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if she walked down Melrose with her hair down dressed in all black, it would just be too jarring and she needs to keep that pay coming in. Like, you know, she can't hint that she's anything but this like fucking, you know, vomiting sparkles. Like, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah. I will say too that I find her whole shtick to be like 
energizing to watch. Like I know that some people watch it and they, it's just exhausting and it's overwhelming, but there's something about it to me. That's like, I just love how she fucking goes for it. You know, she's like Jake Paul, but like a good, like she's like a A good good Jake Paul. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I wouldn't say good person. I don't even know Jojo like all that. But I will say if you're going to pick like a scandal ridden like he is. No, and, if you're yeah. going to pick a lane to like to take advantage of the basically kids, like <laughs> this is the way to go. Like if yeah. you're going to pick a way to advertise cuz she's just, a lot of the stuff that Jake gets clocked for like talking about his merch and stuff. Jojo lives in a merch house. Yeah. Like her whole house is her merch. Yeah. But she doesn't get clocked for it like that because she's really positive about it and she doesn't hawk it intentionally. Yeah. She doesn't have to. She's just this fucking you know, girl with a picture of herself on her T-shirt that says, like, believe in yourself and, like, a fucking bow and, like, glitter leggings. Like, why would you question that, you know? And, yes, all of it is available at Target. Like, it's brilliant marketing. Yeah. Fuck. Yep. Yeah. But I will tell you. But yeah, when is that turn going to happen? When do we arrest JoJo? When is it time to throw the bitch in jail? Because 18. 18? She know. has two more years. I kind of want her to be nice and pure forever. I know that's maybe not, like, the most authentic thing oh, to how you grow pure, up. But like, but like, I don't know. I just, she's going to go bald. If she keeps that ponytail <laughs> locked in, she's going to go. I like Dada. She's going to go bald. Like her hairline has receded every year. You can see <laughs> online, like timelines of her hair recession. No, look up Jojo Siwa hairline. I swear to you. Hold on. It's wild. I mean, is she maybe just and I'm not hating on it and her forehead's getting bigger. I don't know if that grows, but I will tell you that. Um, I I, and by the way, I I I, someone they photoshopped her bald with the. I I know. know. It says it says R.I.P. hair next to it. (laughs) Okay. Oh yeah. So I mean, my only thing in saying that is that I'm I'm I and by the way, I'm not hating on her for the going bald thing. That's like a very common like that's like the. You know, look, I've run my facts on JoJo Siwa. I need to know what the kids are into. I actually, when I was thinking of my ticket flipping business, almost bought a, a ton of JoJo Siwas at the Staples Center. Um, She's playing the Staples Center? Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't yes. realize she was that JoJo's big. JoJo's playing the Staples Center, oh I think. God. Yeah, so. Um, when? It's coming up. Not. It's not too far away. Wow. But I almost bought a bunch of tickets because I was like, maybe I can move these. And then it was like, um, I got an alert like a few a few days later being like, Reminder that your JoJo Siwa tickets are waiting in your cart. And I was like, Molly, get your life together. Um, Christina, are, do you want to join us? Are you going to flip those? Back at the table? Those tickets? I didn't buy the JoJo Siwas. I know, but if you were, were you planning to flip them? Yeah, that's what I said. I said I almost bought them for my ticket flipping I got, business. I got, I got dazed by this hairline. I could tell. I was like, I'm like, how am I? How am I saying that I almost bought a half a dozen JoJo Siwa tickets and Christina's not paying attention to because me? Because the, the change from 2017 to 2018 is so jarring that I got distracted. I know. I know. Well, so anyway, God bless. It's called tension alopecia, um, which she's giving herself. But so, what are her live shows like? She doesn't sing, does she? No, she's like a singer. That's oh, like I didn't know does. that. Oh. I mean, well, these I, kids are fucking triple threats now. Yeah, she's, I mean, it's like not, she's a Nickelodeon kid. Like, I don't okay. know what the deal was if she got a show or what, but like, I know she's always associated with Nickelodeon because I was like trying to see like, what does JoJo Siwa look like performing? And it was like the lamest thing. It's like a Kids' Choice Awards thing. And she has that good energy, but like she doesn't sing. Like, it's, it was very interesting. 
I'm still caught on the Staples Center thing. That's crazy to me. I Maybe I'm lying. Maybe it's not the Staples Center, but it's like at least the forum. Like wow. it's huge. She's huge. Wow. She sold 40 million bows last year. I don't think that I fully appreciated the depth of her business until now. And they're 20 million each. Like, the, or sorry, 20 million. They're $20 each. So Ooh. she sold 40 million $20 bows. Jesus. Yeah. And she's in like Claire. She's in everything, man. Wait, what was I going to Google about JoJo? Oh, Staples Center. Um, let me open my Ticketmaster app. <laughs> could probably sell my cart. Um, yeah, she wow. has a whole fucking tour. I mean, this is like though, like it's like Sesame Street Live for an even bigger audience yeah. in a weird way. It's she's that playing the Honda sense. Center. Okay. I don't know why. Why I thought. What's the Honda Center? I don't know. I was just wondering that. Is I was that like, the one Damn. at Pomona? Maybe I was trying to buy tickets <laughs> for like in another city for Jojo Siwa because I'm sick. Um, at, and I'm trying to like, okay, let's see where Jojo Siwa is playing. Oh, she's playing the Los Angeles Microsoft Theater at LA Live. Oh, wow. Oh. Okay, she's playing the Santa yeah. Barbara Bowl, the Honda Center in Anaheim. Um. Yeah, she's... Good for her. Make that money. <laughs> Get that paper. Yeah. yeah, these are probably like... What is that like? Oh, she's playing the Lowell Memorial Auditorium. How much Honey, that's tickets? like a big... Is that the old Songus Arena? Oh my God, if that's the old Songus Arena, then that's a big fucking... I saw Blink-182 and No Doubt and Bad Religion there. Ooh. That's like a big... And also, my I think my high school graduation was there. Um <laughs> Uh, second, second most important I think they rent out the song Serena for my high school graduation but um, yeah what were you asking what were you asking me that was it oh and no more any more any more words about Jojo I'm good are you do you feel okay I want to know what's going on with her brother okay she has an older brother how old is he I don't know he seems like older though like a good five years older mm. and also very neutered like how are you going to be a 23-year-old man living with your parents and JoJo in that rainbow house? <laughs> Where's your dick? You know? Big questions. Well, anyway. Wow. Thanks for listening to episode 193. Please, please. Hit us up with your thoughts about JoJo. See you at 323-450-7408. We didn't get to the Christine of it all. Oh, right. Oh, he's like, I want to mix it up. What Molly Wags. Christine, <laughs> guest. And then, like, <laughs> I was like, you mean our whole ass names? <laughs> Mallory, <laughs> Wargs, <laughs> Christine, um, Wargs, Wargs, um, Wargs and stuff. Well, anyway, thanks, you guys. Sorry, don't call her Christine. That's not her name. Uh, I will hopefully be not on painkillers next time I talk. Actually, you know what? No, because I leave, I, my last thing is on the 23rd. So I should be. All right. Um, and, you know. Maybe we should call call these two episodes the Painkiller Series. <laughs> uh, Danny, thanks for being here. We'll thanks put for all your social me. media in the bio, of course, in the description of this podcast. You can also check us out on Please Advise. Please underscore advise on Twitter. We'll have all of Danny's information. But he's verified. You can probably find him pretty easily. Only on Twitter, unfortunately. But, um, you know. Instagram, that's the hard one to get. I know. I got rejected from that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Facebook verified freaks me out. So, like, I think yeah. and it's all... Doesn't Facebook verify? That's, like, kind of creepy. Yeah. Like, your personal profile, they'll verify it. And there's blue checks everywhere. It's just weird. 
Mm-hmm. It's kind of intimidating, I think. You can write 300 words on a, like, a local newspaper and they will verify you. That's you how know? I got my Twitter. It was from Discovery. I got rejected. You did? Yeah. But that like you're a digital producer for a pretty like big... Yeah. You, we gotta we gotta renegotiate. Uh, Miles will Miles will write your description for you. <laughs> Everyone should have their friend write their verification submission. You know, yeah. People come off crazy when yeah. they're. Yeah. I've I've read some people's verification descriptions. I'm like, you're hitting all the wrong angles. Basically. I think it's also because it was after like Twitter rolled back its verification thing, and they're like, yeah. we're only really verifying people who like. Are maybe under threat of being duplicated, much like Instagram's. Instagram's policy is very much like we only are really doing it for people who are like in trouble of getting their profiles like duplicated and like some dark stuff happening. Well, my dad has the same name as me, so I think that that puts me at risk for being Ooh, okay. for being um, impersonated. Yes. So come on, Instagram. And your grandfather. I'm, yeah, I'm the third. Yeah, Fuck him. Double threat. <laughs> Fuck them, huh? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Threes only, man. All right. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, for listening. Talk to you next week. Keep it safe. Wrap it up. Be yourself. (laughs) Bye.